This episode is dedicated to Malcolm Smith. Music lover, PSB fan, sportsman, teacher, husband and son. He would have loved this podcast. This one's for you, mate. Public service. Public service. Public service. Public Service Podcasting. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Public Service Podcasting, the show where three music lovers come together and work their way album by album, track by track, through the discography of Public Service Broadcasting. On today's episode, we'll be taking a look at EP number one, The War Room, and you'll be meeting the gang for the very first time. Enjoy. Service podcasting. It's PSB's <laughs> version of I'd get knocked down, but I get up again. It's a public service podcasting squeak. That's what it is. Thundering chunks of London Bride. Jabalongi salmon. <laughs> Were you high as a kite when you thought about that? <laughs> it's an anagram. What? It smelled like death, and I went... Death and I destruction. Went... <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's fun! Yeah, have this piece of paper. Give it a sniff, then. So, hello, everybody. We're PSP. I'm James. I am Nathan. I'm Craig. And we're public service podcasting. Why are we all here? I mean, we're here because we are uh, avid fans of uh, the band Public Service Broadcasting. And what's the aim? What are we going to do? Well, the aim, I think, is to digest and share and consider and learn new things about PSP. PSP? We're going to learn them about ourselves. PSB. (laughs) See, that's also going to be a problem. PSP is so close to PSB. It should be noted that we are three super fans who have a shared love of the band. And we know each other, I suppose, tenuously. The way it started for me, Nathan slid into my DMs saying that apparently we'd been to a, a PS, we'd been at the same gig together. It was a mutual friend of which I was aware of your being <laughs> in, in social circles. And it was Focus Wales 2022. And they were playing on the fields opposite the Memorial Hall in Wrexham. Doing Izaf. And it was a beautiful gig. What a show. Yeah. The the bit that I remember the most was when they played They Gave Me a Lamp in an ex-mining town opposite the Memorial Hall, which had both soldiers' memorials on there, which is apt considering, um, well, the main focal point of why we're all here today. But also there were miners' memorials on there as well. Um, and there was just, I remember there was a moment there wasn't a dry eye in the house. And my friend Kirsty turned around, she looked at me, tears streaming down her face, and she took my hand. This is the main reason why I love this band. They are one of the few performance acts out there that can evoke such a strong reaction in me. I love music. I love all kinds of music. I listen to any and all genres. But um, this group have a very, very special place in my heart for reasons just like that. And the fact that it brings us all here together... Um, that it incites such a passion, I think, is is a really beautiful thing. We often have to travel to see public service broadcasting. So the fact that they were headlining Focus Wales, 20 minutes from my hometown, it was a no-brainer. And I think it was the first real show that we were like, 
three rows deep. Every other show that we'd been to, Craig and I, was either seated or stood at the back. Earlier that year, we'd been to see them at Venue Cymru, and it was still kind of COVID times, and it was a, a really strange gig in the sense that we couldn't kind of, you know, get up and feel the music. It, it was really it was bizarre show. Really bizarre. It was in just in that kind of COVID time. But I think it was bizarre for the band as well to, yeah. to witness what the vibe was like. Like they couldn't feed off the energy because of, I think it, I think it was heavily to do with the policies in place mm-hmm. and the venue itself and the communication between the policies and the venue. Security were telling people to stop dancing, for example. And that just felt so odd. So seeing them at Focus was like, well, we had this kind of weird autumn gig and we were in, and, and that was um, the Bright Magic tour. Yeah. So we're like, we, we need to go and see them on this tour proper. Uh, so, so having them in that same kind of time frame, being at Focus, we're like, we, we've got to be there. I'd seen them at Ramsbottom Festival. They headlined Ramsbottom Festival. It's a super tiny, small festival. So I was right at the front. But that was in Race, yeah, race for Space Days. But it was, it was awesome. I feel ashamed because I've seen them probably five times. And I'm not entirely sure what tours those were. All I know is that I missed the Race for Space tour because I never saw the Sputnik on stage. Oh, I was only witness to that because of the proms. Because the proms was the space, wasn't it? You went to the proms. We went to the proms, yeah. It was the hottest day of the year. We, uh, we were on a really busy, sweaty train to London. You sat, because there was no seats. It was, it was heaving because it was so hot. Uh, there was lots of train cancellations because the, the rails were all getting warped and they had to cancel things for safety. You were sat in between the toilet and like some some back of seats it was a traumatic experience but i mean i feel like worth it oh yeah absolutely i feel like every psb show that we've been to there's always some sort of story to go with it like it's never just we'll go to this show and that's it and that's the end there's always some sort of adventure that goes with it and i think that's where this this idea sort of came from is that we would go to gigs together and there'd be these stories and we'd talk about our adventures and I'd be like, we, we go on some fun adventures. You've been on field trips. Yeah. And wasn't that, I mean, I, I know that this idea for a podcast has been in the genesis for a, a long, long time before I had anything to do with it. Didn't you do a long field trip one day and you managed to talk about PSB for an entire car journey for a four and a half hour car journey down to South Wales? It was a ridiculous idea, wasn't it? Really? Like, yes, it was. But what a day. <laughs> Uh, it yes. was, uh, you dubbed it the PSB pilgrimage. Because it was originally, it was going to be, but we weren't run out of time. We scaled the pilgrimage down. It was for the release of This New Noise. And we uh, pre-ordered the vinyl, the double uh, LP white vinyl from... What? Spillers. Spillers in Cardiff. Mm-hmm. Iconic. Fantastic. I've been there many times. Mm. And we're like, well, that's where we're going to go, to go and meet the band and get it signed. So and it, was pick up a, our records. It, it was a drive down. It was a queue. It was, uh, so, so the drive was four and a half hours, the queuing was about an hour, and then we spoke to them for about 30 seconds. Well, they're so, so lovely. It was magic. Bright magic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly that, James, exactly that. It was great. There's not many opportunities where you can just sit with your best friend in a car and chat about 
a mutual love for a band. And I think that's what this podcast is going to be, right? Yeah, exactly that. That's what we're going to do. I'm very happy to do so. I'm not shaking, so that's a good vibe, isn't it? That's, you know. Although I'm slightly nervous about this chair creaking. I'm not hearing any creaks come through, and I think Fine. that just adds character. And Yeah, I I'm, suppose that's true. I'm sorry the chairs have got a old and weird. Um, oh, no, but I like it. It's just I don't want my fidgetiness to be affecting the product. This, the kind of creak that you'd get from this as well is quite an aesthetically pleasing creak. It's not like a, you know, a, a desk a, chair. No, it's it, a, one of those cheap student chairs on a lino floor. It's a public service podcasting squeak. Right. Exactly. That's what it is. Because it came from the, the PSB pilgrimage where we were just riffing and chatting and... I was just getting, as you will get to know, enthused and excited by the band and being able to talk about the band with you. I don't feel like this is my baby because, and I think we've discussed this plenty, it feels like a three-way conversation now. Yes, but your way of creating something that you love is via the medium of podcast. I'm an ideas man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, the pod had taken uh, many forms of evolution before it reached whatever this is now. Uh, lo- tell us about progress, because I, I love that story, because the ideas involved are genius. That? Yeah, I'd forgotten about yeah, that. Yeah, that's an interesting because one. Because we're now in this moment, and yeah. this has become what it is. So I've always had an obsession with go-karts and... Soapboxes. Soapbox. And so we were like, okay... You want to start a podcast. I want to build a, a soapbox. Let's combine the two together. We'd seen some similar PSB-related soapboxes before. So you had Sputnik or um, a space-themed. You had gents in tweeds, that kind of thing. So we thought, you know, there's there's some weight there to that. And we could align the build with a podcast to do public service broadcasting and we were going to call it progress we then quickly realized that we didn't have the skill or capacity to build a soapbox and so it went back to the drawing board so you're gonna document the build of the soapbox week by week and that's the progress i suppose exactly nice now was progress that was a single that when did progress come out uh, progress uh is a phenomenal single from every valley and it's brilliant and and yeah then then we were gonna still do the kind of listen through each ep album but e- a feature of that podcast would be how are we getting on with our build uh well we've managed to screw some wheels together on an axle kind of thing it, i mean it could have been great but equally it could have been really bad and Isn't really boring. We, yeah, I mean, essentially, we don't have the time or skill base to... I think it would have been amazing. I'd, I'd love to have the time Well, I mean, that, that could be the Public Service Podcasting Series 2. It could be. We could put a call out to our listeners. If anyone's got the skills and the time to build a PSB-themed soapbox and do Red Bull Soapbox... Then uh, just tweet us an update us. every weekend or something. And we'll include it in the yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's a big ask. Somewhat, I mean, there's especially for a pilot. <laughs> and, and what's the soapbox going to be? Are we talking a big Sputnik on wheels? Um, are we talking a big ocean liner, a white liner? Are we talking a Spitfire flavored 
Soapbox. Spitfire would be great. I think Spitfire has been done. What does a PSB soapbox well, look like? We, we didn't really get that far down the line. Spitfire has been done. A rocket has been done. I remember talking about a satellite. I know. I also it's... remember talking about uh, you know, like a mining cart. Yes. But then I was like, but, but a then... A big lamp. A big, yeah, a big mining lamp. lamp. Yes, there you go. But then they're so album specific. How can you create a, a soapbox that encapsulates everything that PSB cover? This brings me back to progress because that track um, encapsulates so many elements of what makes PSB so brilliant. Mm-hmm. Without wishing this to be the public service sycophancy podcast, because we're going to analyze each album and EP and the remixes as well. Oh, yeah. With honest opinions, yep. but we're here, you know, it comes from a place of love. But that single progress, it's a perfect PSB song. It's them doing what they do best, continually experimenting with new ideas and techniques. I think, I think it's my favorite, my favorite track by PSB so far. Oh, this is, this is early doors to be calling that out. Mate, I love it. We've not even finished recording the pilot. <laughs> I do plan on having the words, I believe in progress, tattooed on my arm. Inscribed on my tombstone, probably, yeah. But it's not only because of the song and the, the, the fact it's a great song, but it also resonates with me as a person and mm-hmm. my work ethic and how I try to live progressively. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's, it's such a... Prosperity through progress. Yeah. Look forwards, not backwards. Exactly. And all of that. And that's, and that's in day-to-day life. That's bringing up my kids. That's going to work. That's doing... All of that is is progress. I don't want to skip ahead too far, but the, the focal point of today's podcast is to review the War Room EP. And you've reminded me of a line that I live my personal life mantra by, which we will get to when we get to the track in question. But in Spitfire, there's the line, it's tiring, always stretching up something that's just out of reach, but I'll get it. After all, what I want isn't as easy as all that. And, th- you know, that's been my career mantra because nothing any good or worth having came easy he's trying to create a thing that emulates the birds and you know it's got to do 400 miles an hour turn on sixpence climb 10,000 feet in a few minutes dive at 500 without the wings coming off this was all revolutionary stuff that didn't exist you're a very impressive man (laughs) (laughs) we've already established there is no script in front of you what are you where are you pulling this out of mr james brown aren't we here as fans well yeah but i thought this was a safe space for nerding out this this is an entirely safe space (laughs) for nerding out and i love your nerdism in my childhood bedroom which by the way we built during lockdown i mean some people watched tiger king some people took up knitting and crochet i built a radio station and what we are sitting in now is what's left of Experience Radio, which, by the way, if anyone out there is a fan of Mixler, you can download the Mixler app because this is a niche podcast. But, you know, if you're looking for a niche radio station that caters exactly to your needs, someone out there will have created one on Mixler. And that's what my radio station was. It was kind of a, a ripoff alternative station. We do go live once a year. We do a Christmas special. So you can still follow us on Mixler. Mixler plug over. Oh, I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to listen yeah. to Mixler. I'd advise everyone did. Just once a year. (laughs) Each podcast is going to have a structure. I think it's important to say. And, you know, this is all part of the beginning, the preamble, catching up on our lives, etc. Anecdotes, all the rest of it. Um, But at some point, we are going to get to the review itself. For every single episode that we release, we'll be focusing on an EP or a remix EP or an album. And we're going to work through these 
sequentially, and that's going to come up. So if you're the kind of listener that doesn't want to listen to the preamble and cut to the review, you can do that. And I suppose there's going to be a structure to each episode. We're going to start with a ramble and eventually get to the review. But I've also got some other things in my notes here. We've got the artifact. Now, you guys have brought a lot of artifacts with you today. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone want a beer? Yeah. And, and I love that we'd, we'd set ourselves up to start. We're like, oh, maybe we should start with a cup of tea. And then, then we're like, let's get a beer. So this is, what is this? Spitfire Amber Ale by Shepherd's Neem. Yeah, I kind of wanted to go with the sort of, you know, the theme. And it, it, I mean, it's obvious. You have to have a, a bottle of Spitfire if you're listening to The War Room. They come in pints. I'm getting one. 500 milliliters, 4.2% full. I just did a Lord of the Rings reference. I'm not sure if anyone noticed that. It was lost on me, mate. Over, straight over my head. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, okay. So Hoovianism, that's okay. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, no? No, and you crossed the line. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am going to the fridge to get a spit you, fire there. You would get on with my wife because she knows line I, for line. I, I do get on with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Pass me a beer, please. First feature, I think, really, uh, which, yes. which happened beautifully and organically on its own is, you know, gents, what are we drinking this week? Well, each episode, we're going to drink a different thing. And today, because it's we're going to be reviewing the War Room EP, the middle track of which is Spitfire, we are drinking Spitfire Ale. You cannot make a PSB-flavoured podcast without drinking Spitfire, I don't think. I agree. I've not drunk it for years. There's something in it I'm allergic to, which makes which gives me really. Why have you? We should have gone through allergens beforehand. Not like aggressively. Like I'm not going to anaphylaxis on you. I promise. I get no. I get slightly rosy cheeks. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Fine. Fine. That's another level of ASMR. (laughs) No. (laughs) I feel like we should have been told this information before. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't give you my my, my full service history before we went into this. And actually. (laughs) Uh, so your reaction is slightly rosy cheeks. Isn't that just drinking? Probably. <laughs> I'm allergic to the alcohol, dear boy. So I thought the artifact would be a great little featurette idea because we've all collected various items on our journeys. Um, things that relate back to public service broadcasting in some way. You'll notice this is not an official artifact, but I bought a Spitfire just for this episode. So that when, I don't know, we've had too many Spitfire beers and we can't remember what a Spitfire is. Not a real Spitfire. But you've, uh, you've also muddied the waters. Is this a Lancaster bomber? I, I, excellent knowledge. Thanks. That is, that is a Lancaster bomber but right you, there. I mean, we'll get, we'll get confused later. Well, it was part of the war room war effort. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, was good. it not? Good. It is tenuously related. No, it's nice. I, I, like, I had uh, lots of these similar toys, uh, Lancaster Bomber models, as a kid, and it was always my favourite, just the shape of it. But yeah, just, just stop doing that on planes. I know nothing about planes. I know nothing. Nothing about planes. Give me a record. Give me a beer. Let me go on a plane to a nice sunny location. Is this just a fantasy you're, you're going on now? You yeah. Just want, you just want to go on holiday? Yeah. Good. Get me away from wet, cold Wales. Well, well for we'll, one afternoon. In a couple of episodes, we'll come to wet, cold Wales hard. We're going to go from Wales into Wales. We are. We're going to go from the bit of Wales that we're in into another bit that's even deeper and darker and further away from the bit that we're in now, yeah. which is pretty dark and dank this time of year. Not going to lie. That's what? Three episodes in? Yeah. 
I don't know because we've got the War Room remixes. It's four episodes. Wow. Yeah, it does. It does depend where we where, where we we're doing uh, the remixes. Exactly. Well, we I, 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 I want to do the remixes show. album because if if we're going to time the releases of these episodes up to the point that perhaps next the next album drops, we're going to have to take our time with this. And I think, come on, each EP is a shed load of content. But yes, but the War Room remixes. Isn't it just Spitfire remixed like four times? No. <laughs> Get out. I no. I spent 10 minutes listening to the same song four times remixed by four different people. No, there's a there's a War Room EP remixes which has got the best Spitfire remix from the Spitfire remixes thing on there. And who made that remix? Rigglesworth do one separate note but one of my favorite uh psb uh pieces of artwork is the album cover for the spitfire remixed ep uh syntax did a remix of spitfire ashley and justin Steele they did a remix and then you're right rigglesworth did uh remix number four not just a pretty face remix number three really because track one is just the original Fine, we will do an episode dedicated to the remixes of The War Room. You've convinced me. Right, and that is what we set out for for today. Yeah. Let's all go home, folks. I completely have this fantasy where we're all really excited and we're all talking at once and, and then I then I say, let's keep the chatter down in this room. <laughs> and I, I, just, I just think that would be a lovely moment. And that's where that came from. I was like, oh, well, actually... But that could... You could, you could say that and it not have to be part of anything bigger it could just purely just Correct. be a nice thing it could thing just happen naturally where i'd be like oh i'm gonna go up and get a beer and then i just go go <laughs> yes that's a good just one. not like, so aggressive can you pass me that glass it's tiring always stretching out for something that's just out of reach but i'll get it oh after all what i want isn't easy as all that oh, I, yeah you know we <laughs> yeah, can do this all day this <laughs> he he would absolutely yeah we can't we can't we can't we can't we can't do although it. i like it right because it sets us up that where James, you would always win this game in in just from basically what we've discussed now, and then it would be about us trying to catch him out. Are you saying that you're happy to lose as long as you get to say that one quote? No, no, no. I'm saying I'm happy to lose the majority of the time as long as there is a moment when we go. I know what you've just done there, James. <laughs> The trousers down kind of moment. It, it is. It's like, oh, I don't know. What was that tripe smell at the restaurant? Oh, it wasn't was, me. And you were like, oh, I hate fish. And then I ordered the salmon. But before it arrived, it was like, the, it came on, arrived on a pre-wave of tripe. <laughs> Fonk. It, it, it smelled like death. And I went. <laughs> death and I destruction. Went, I went down to the. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's fun. There's the swear jar, right? Yes. Every time we quote a sample, we have to put something in the swear jar. It yeah. doesn't have to be money, but there has to be something. Good, and, I don't it, have any. It's good because we, we sort of can't resist it. Yeah, So that's we'll, we'll want to just do it, but that's the swear jar. Right. Oh, brilliant. Do you know what? I'm going to get us a jar. Great. Run away. To the bathroom? It does look like Oh he's my going God, to he's bathroom. gone downstairs. He's going to the I workshop. Forgot, I forgot there was a staircase. It's on. Swear jar. Swear jar. PSB news, there is none. Move on. Oh, well. Ooh. Oh. We, we spoke about Patreon before, and I was a little bit like, this podcast is us three on a journey uh, discussing our, you know, our relationship with the band and what they mean to us. 
and I th- I think that'll be powerful enough. And then we get to the the reviews, and uh, hopefully that'll be thoroughly exciting, and we'll all have different opinions. But um, this morning I was like, no, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna uh, sign up to Patreon and be a supporter for PSB. And I I'm clearly gonna become obsessed with this. I just scroll down a few, and I am fascinated by literally everything on here. It's so frustrating because I want to talk about it so much but, but we, we can't. can't we can't because we would be demonetizing yes. what would jay think of us if we said oh saw this great no, thing on his no. patreon the other day and yes. it was this and he's like hang no. on a minute mate that's paywalled however we're not going to divulge but this is a good opportunity for me to be like this morning i i saw like latest blogs about where they're up to recording a new album and you know the public service broadcasting keep their cards close to their chest and they do so for a reason because of what they're creating. But they want to engage their fans and they want to give information and excitement to their fans. So what he's doing on Patreon is really opening the doors behind some of the mystery, but keeping some of that mystery as well. Uh, and then I scrolled across a video uh, and I brought my guitar here today. I can't play guitar at all. Uh, when I was in uni, I was just obsessed with the look of them and I, w- I would buy just guitars that I walk past in shop windows. Too much money, man. Too much money. I mean, student loans, what are they for? <laughs> um, drinking and buying uh, cool to- toys. Um, but yeah, there, there was, so there was a video uh, and he does how to play videos. And the one that he released at Christmas was Waltz for George. And I was like, oh, what? I've just done this this morning. We're going to go talking about the war room. Pass me the Gretsch. <laughs> it was, it's so, so lovely for for Jay to record a video and tell the stories. So uh, he showed the watchers, the viewers, how to play Waltz for George on his great uncle, George Wilgoose's banjolele. And he told the story behind him being passed down the banjolele and then went through the track. And I was like, that is so open and so beautiful. Uh, and I know that's a little bit of content of, of what is on there. Obviously, I'm not Jay currently uh, showing you how to play What's for George. But it's those moments where I just go, Mate, sign me up. I, were I, I not a contributor already, right, I'd be reaching for the bank card and saying, right, I want to be a part of this Patreon. Right? So, so magical. So I know that I'm, I'm always going to be excited by that. And I am going to try and learn how to play some of those songs and maybe by the end of the podcast. We have a podcast jam session. Oh, Nate, what are you bringing to the table? Charlie Watts drumstick. I got it right here. Percussion? No? I mean, I'm about to throw up just thinking of the idea. (laughs) Right, well, you go and throw up in the corner. (laughs) Those performance days of mine are are over. I'm I'm retiring. You used to be in a band, right? I've been in multiple bands. See? Uh, Anyway, moving on. Wait, wait, wait. No, let's not move oh, on. Geez. What did you play? I played guitar. And I swapped between guitar and bass because every guitarist can play bass. What sweeping statement. So I play a bit of guitar and piano. So if you want to take guitar, I could do keys because some of the synth riffs throughout all of PSB's canon get my blood racing. I'd happily... I just It's just emulating the synthesizers and find, finding the sounds that they use because... Jay has a certain number of synthesizers, samples, I suppose, uh, libraries of things that he uses. Not to say that his stuff sounds samey through and through, but you can certainly tell identity, his, his signature, that, that identity, yeah. that sonic identity, that timbre. And I can't recreate that. And actually, I don't want to because that would pervert 
if I could just recreate a PSB song perfectly right here and now, it would kind of it, it would feel like crossing a line. So we may have just stumbled across uh, the the organically the true meaning of progress. If we're gonna you essentially, oh my god, form a band, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> How do we go from building a soapbox to forming a band in the space of... Yeah, screw PSB. Let's, let's start our own band. We don't need them. <laughs> and that's what we do for inspiration, right? We want to inspire the masses. No, uh, we uh, as as we continue, we could all uh, try and learn. Speak you know, for some, yourself. You, you're, I'm going to force you to get involved in this. And then, and then, as you know, later on in the series, we could share our um, terrible rendition of or interpretation of uh, interpretation is a better word. And moving on in the theme of sharing, yeah, should we share our PSB names? Ooh. Beautiful segue, sir. Who who thought of this? Was it you, Craig, or was it you, James? I it, can't it wasn't me. Yeah, it was yeah. one of you two. It wasn't me. The ideas guy yeah, over here. This man. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Um, I don't I don't even know where it, I was making a cup of tea. Uh for me and my wife, we we're probably gonna sit down and watch some TV. And obviously we us three here now were enthusing over WhatsApp about the excitement of uh of this podcast. And I don't know, I just it just suddenly came to me, like, why don't we... One of the m- brilliant parts of uh, public service broadcasting is the mystery that they bring, and some of that is the pseudonyms, J. Wilgus Esquire. Are they pseudonyms, though? I mean, well, that's... He, he might have been christened. Yes. But we don't know. But there's, there's, um, there's artistry there. There's kind of playing into their aesthetic as a band with those and 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 jf abraham i'm that is his name but even just doing the jf like everything about it just plays into it's the brand isn't it it's the brand it's it's the brand of the band the tweed jackets <laughs> but it doesn't make any sense but it's it goes with the kind of white stripes thing right you know they specifically chose their aesthetic it's that brand it's that whole visual and audio combination and I think the names go with that. But, but I, th- I thought maybe we shouldn't be James, Nathan, Craig. Maybe we should, you know, have our own public service podcasting names. Well, go on then. Who's first? Time uh, for the big reveal. Well, ideas, man, should go first because... <laughs> yeah, you smelt it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I went with two. So one is, one is sort of personal uh, and one is me just f- forging uh, a name... So my first one I thought of was Lord Ward the Fourth. Ward, Lord Ward the Fourth. Yeah, doesn't flow off the tongue very well. <laughs> you don't mind me saying specifically, sir. Lord Ward the Lord Ward the Fourth. Lord Ward the Fourth. It's a bit of a mouthful. Lord Ward the Fourth. I am Lord Ward. Why? Because he owns land. I bought a square foot of land in Scotland that entitled me to... Oh, did. Do you, see, I think I did this, and I can't even remember it was that significant. With a certain bottles of whiskey, I think, was it Glen Morangi? With the bottle of whiskey came the deed to sort of a few inches of land. What? And I, I technically own that much bog marsh in, somewhere in How Scotland. How dare well, they dilute the term Lord by giving it to any old... Anyone who wants to pay a yeah. little money. So if that bog marsh that you own is in a particular part of Scotland, then you would be entitled technically to the title of Laird. 
L-A-I-R-D, which is, is, a, is a lordship. Uh, so I bought that because I wanted to be Lord Ward. Does this, sorry, does this mean that anyone who owns a house in Scotland that, say, has, oh, I don't know, a square metre of lawn at the front of the house, does that make them all layers? It depends where in Scotland. It depends where. Uh, it depends where. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I bought a square foot of land in, in the place where it, it does matter. Uh, my brother bought a square foot of land on the moon, which I was like, that's pointless. And I was thinking the moon for my... For... Of who? Who's, who owns the moon and well, who's selling well, bits of it? We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in the race <laughs> <Yeah>. for space. <laughs> Let's keep that. Yeah. It's one of two sides. <laughs> future album, future episode. Yeah. So yeah, so I was like, there's no point in the moon. I'm, I want to be Lord Ward because my surname's Ward. And it, I like... And then the fourth has like come the from your and the fourth, line of... Just because words. I was thinking about Esquire, like what, what could I be? And the fourth also, it does a half rhyme with Lord Ward the fourth. So that was one option, which, you know, I've put out there now. Uh, the other one was um, slightly inspired by... J. Wilgoose and J. F. Abraham, where I was, uh, I just came up with H. C. Wellgulls. Oh, that's brilliant! Like, so you're a H. C. Wells fan? Yes, exa- Wells. exactly, exactly. War so, of the Worlds. Have you read any of his other? No, just just, just War of the Worlds. Just War of the Worlds. And I've just always, I was an X Files fan. I I then moved on to War of the Worlds. Absolutely obsessed with the Jeff Wayne album. I think it's one of the greatest concept album. I mean it's another podcast for another day. It but, is. I mean, we could do a whole series just on that album alone. Yeah. But but so HC, I thought I'd change the G to a C because I'm Craig. Uh so HC well gulls and gulls, I'm from real. So quite like seagulls. That's really smart. I really like it. So better than Lord Ward the Fourth. Welcome to the fray, HC Wellgulls. Thank you very much. So I had uh trouble thinking of a name. And I thought I could play it safe. Then you mentioned AI. And I was like, okay, let's see what AI can do for me. And so I've come up with the name Gideon Osborne, open bracket, exclamation mark, close bracket, the third. So Sorry, sorry, when you say you, (laughs) ChatGPT4 came up with Gideon Osborne, open bracket, Exclamation mark! No, it was a, it was a mute. It was it was a team. It was a combined effort between human chat, input, yeah, exactly. machine <laughs> output, and yeah. this is where we get into what uh, AI and how it works. Right. With Continually artists. experimenting with new ideas <laughs> and techniques, so, modernizing. So, and and this is the reason being right. Okay, it makes sense. Gideon Osborne the third initials G O exclamation mark. Go. I see what I see. I see what he did there. Wait, so the third is... Oh, I just added it on because it made it look cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Kind of like what I did with Lord Ward exactly, Fourth. Yeah. Just chuck a number just on the add, end. Just add something that yeah, Esquire... I'm going so. last, and so mine's got to be a zinger. I went for two. So do you think... This is back to the actual band. Do you think they're anagrams, their names? I assumed that they were all anagrams. Well, so in the case of... J.F. Abraham, he's been on podcasts that I've listened to, and actually one of the one of the uh, podcasts oh, I can't even remember what it's called, Three in a Pub or something, but one of the presenters on that uh, w- was in the orchestra for oh, cool. Race to Space Great. at the proms. <laughs> so uh, I I think he's a a brass instrumentalist who who does sessions. 
He does session 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 work. Uh, session work. Um, session 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 session. Yeah. Um, but he he got and I I thought I think it was Johnny Johnny Abraham on the podcast. Which, swear jar, swear jar. We're not talking. We're not names. talking about their names. But so in that case, JF Abraham is his name. I think it is. Apart from Rigglesworth. Who knows where Rigglesworth? I, mean, I think I think that was put into AI, <laughs> the old school AI. Rigglesworth. I just I can't imagine it being. It's too far away from being a surname, isn't it? It's Is adorable. It? It's incredible, but I, it's not a name. It's too good to be true. <clears throat> yeah. I think when you I know, get an, a new cat, I think I might call it Rigglesworth. Why are you getting a new cat? Well, Conor will die eventually. Okay, different podcast. <laughs> well, well, is that podcast me tracking my? Pets. No, that's not progress at all. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, right. Jay Wilkus makes sense. Mr. B makes sense. J.F. Abraham. Wait, wait, why does Mr. B make sense? It could be Mr. Ben. Isn't that a... Mr. Brown. Oh, Mr. Brown. Might be me. Or Mr. Brown. So, sorry, James. Right, so I went for an anagram. Okay. Of mm. my name. Ah. I mean, I assume that's what you were both doing. Like, it just seemed... Yeah, but we haven't got very exciting names. I mean, I certainly don't. You... Probably have my more. James, the most ubiquitous name in the world. Brown, the most boring surname. So go on. I, I get that, right? I get it. But your name is James Brown, which yeah. to I mean, how do you feel about that? That's this is a, a difficult and tender subject. But your parents didn't think they're going to name you after the no. musician James Brown. And this is the mad thing. I mean, my parents, they're not unintelligent, but my God, they didn't even realise. <laughs> didn't even. <laughs> Having said that, in maths, I sat next to a Robbie Williams. I was named after um, Nathan Jones, the Bananarama hit. Oh. Yeah. I did not know mm. that. I love how it's all music. Yeah. Oh, my, my mum brought me up on ABBA. So James Brown isn't that bad. Anyway, so I've gone for an anagram. Okay. Of my name. Is my God, we still haven't heard your names. Still haven't heard my name. <laughs> and I went for two. So the first one I went for was J. Noble Bragg the first. Wow. Which I thought Noble Bragg, I'd, J. Noble, that's part yeah. of the anagram. The first comes out of nowhere. It's interesting. How, you went for the, no, you went for the second. Or I, the, I went for the fourth. I went you for did the, the third. third. How interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. That, and I just thought, do you know what? I don't like it. However, the one I would like to prefer as my favourite and as um, is the second option is, are you ready? Jabalongi Salmon. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you high as a kite when you thought about that? It's an anagram. What? It's an anagram. I can't see so it. So my, my, middle, my middle name is Langtree. L-A-N-G-T-R-Y. So any of those of you listening at home with your notepads trying to anagram, how do you get Jabalongi Salmon? Out of James Langtree Brown, you get Jabalongi Salmon. You could have had Jargon Muesli Blurland. Blurland? Blurland. Okay, good. I can't handle this. Good. Jabalongi Salmon. Come on. I it's just it. so out there. And that's, I, I, I like Jabalongi. And do we just call you Jabba for short? Jabba for short. Mr. Salmon. <laughs> Mr. Salmon. I, I, have, love. I had a music teacher called Mrs., Mr. Salmon's. Mm. Oh, but with an S. That yeah. kind of softens the... He's, so think, he, he was a pluralised yes, salmon. So. He, was, he was multiple That was salmon. probably by choice, though. <laughs> he was a shoulder. As soon as he found out he was going to be a high school teacher, he thought he'd try and change it up slightly. Let's cut the chatter down in this room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
And so it begins. I was going to say, I could have had Sly Jamboree Grand Town or Brownie Melon Jargons. Melon Jargons. No, Brawny Melon Jargons. Brawny. Lamentably Grown Jars. <laughs> did you use AI for this? Grown Larynx. No, I did this all myself. No, I think he used <laughs> an afternoon. <laughs> grown Larynx Jambles. Jargon Banal Melry. Brownlee Jamster. Nah. Silent G. <laughs> Wait, wait. I, I thought you'd proffered two suggestions, but you clearly yeah, have a you, spreadsheet. You, you this is this. what you could have had. <laughs> I mean, maybe part of me wanted to kind of say, look, I've got all of, I've got all these mm. right here. What 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 sticks? But after I went through all of these, Jay's Mellow Barn Grunt. Woo! The list goes on. Jabalongi Salmon. I love Jabalongi Salmon. It's better than Jay Noble Bragg the first. Yes. Thank you. And and also, your middle name is gorgeous. Did Cute. you say Langtree? Langtree, yes. Great middle name. I think just to point out that we won't be moving forward with our PSP themed names, will we? Uh, well, I I feel like there's still one that hasn't made it to the table yet. Oh, the Lego one. The Lego one. Commander Wonky Hat. Commander Wonky Hat. I love that. I mean, I've got a fine selection of hats there in the lobby. Well, it. It was purely just creating a an account on Lego for my son, and uh, and it came up with a username and assigned me as Captain Wonky Hat. It was Commander. Well, what 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 was your uh, public service podcasting name that you came up with? Gideon what? Osborne the Third. Gideon Osborne the Third, which does go, which is good. Commander Wonky Hat though is pretty strong. Well, let's um, let's see what what happens in the future. What I love about all of this is that we all came forward with one that none of us really liked, just didn't really feel mm-hmm. it. Likewise with Lord Ward the Fourth, exactly the same, and exactly the yeah. same. And we've all fallen back on our reserves. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I think Wonky Hat fits. <laughs> Commander Wonky Hat. <laughs> Onto the EP. The reason why we're all here today. Can I also just before we move on acknowledge that I I do like the idea of the mugs with the with the PSB names on. I think that's quite nice. We're gonna get some merch. We'll get some merch just some for merch each other though. Not not like to be on. You know, the if website. anyone else wants to buy any merch, we'll. Jesus, I don't want to kind of foresee the future of this podcast. But when I was reaching for your BBC Sounds mug and for my official public service broadcasting mug, I found all of the previous mugs from all of the old podcasts I used to make. Wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I, that's where we'll end up. This is yeah. just going to be another mug. So basically, if, it's, a, it's a bad omen, isn't it? Let's just not make a mug and then we're not going to end up in your cupboard as a has-been. So we've got a fantastic copy of the War Room EP on a stand here on our podcasting table with a signature that I recognize. Um, whose is it? What's the story? Um, I have a habit of trying to get all of my records signed. That's a, a tough job, to be fair, because you own a lot of records. I own a lot of records. If I was to start trying to do that with my collection, I'd pff, una, unobtainable. But when you're brazen enough to be able to take a messenger bag full of records to a concert, have them laughed at by a security guard who is expecting you to find bottles of alcohol, and he finds some records in plastic sleeves, I mean, just gotta. I wouldn't want to take them out into because you could leave them under the table in a pub. They could get trampled on, beer spilt on them, like your coat and keys. You could just leave them in a pub. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. But Pontior, which is where I got the majority of my albums signed, 
I knew the front of house sound engineer. So I could quite easily store my bag of records out of the control position, knowing that they were safe. Similarly, when I took uh, another bag of records to be signed at Focus Wales, I had arranged via Jay to meet the tour manager. I handed over my bag of records to him pre-show. And afterwards, he gave them back to me with Jay's signature. What a fantastic thing to have. This is worth a lot of money. Well, it's And it's not, still in the cellophane wrap, as it rightly it's should not, be. It's not the, mon- the monetary value. And I said that when I met them at, um, at Pontio, and I said this weird, the weirdest thing I ever probably said to someone, I said, he's like, do you want us to put your name on it? And I said, well, yeah, I'm not going to sell them. Put my name on all of it. It's like, you know, it doesn't make a difference to me if it's my name or not, but. It's just something nice to have as part of the the journey and the experience that is linked to that. And he chose the only place on the album cover that you could put a signature Mm. because obviously it's a black and white image. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that is a photograph of a Jacobean house in Chelsea, London that was bombed during the Blitz. And it's a view of the library room. That is the bombed library at Holland House. And obviously, it's a dark grey image with lots of detail. And where Jay's signature sits is in the one bit of sky, just at the top, top right-hand portion of the image before it says public service broadcasting. Um, and it kind of sets the tone, really, for the review of this EP, because it ain't a cheerful listen. And when you think about inform, educate, entertain, not the album, the mantra, this definitely falls within the educate sort of fulfillment box. It's not a, a happy, upbeat, dancing record. It's something I think should be on the national curriculum. Uh, it's forced me to read up again on a lot of World War II history, which I think is an important thing to do because, you know, history tends to repeat itself. And I think people who don't observe history are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sweeping statement. <laughs> this was released on 28th of May, 2012. What were you guys doing at that point? I was working in the local pub where we all went for a drink prior to this podcast recording and I heard Spitfire playing on Dermot O'Leary's show on Radio 2 when he was doing the afternoon slot before he moved to Saturday mornings. So he was on after Pick of the Pops, so I think from 4pm or 5pm and he played Spitfire and this was pre-Shazam days. So I'm driving to work with the crappy broken tape deck in my ruined terrible Corsa, driving the worst car in the world and I couldn't Shazam it. Obviously, you shouldn't do that whilst driving anyway, but I didn't have the ability to do so but I then had to work a six or seven hour shift Saturday night at the pub just knowing in the back of my head that I'd heard something really awesome on the radio and I don't quite know what, couldn't remember what it was called, da, 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 da. then had to go home, tired after a long shift, got home around about midnight and then went onto the BBC website found the Listen Again page and scrubbed through track by track until I found Spitfire. I'd never heard of PSB until that very point. But to say it was a life-changing moment will be the same case for a lot of fans. Certainly fans of this era, Spitfire was the gateway drug to the, the marvels of PSB. I had just proposed to my now wife two weeks prior to this album. On the 2nd of May 2012 is when I proposed. And unashamedly, I did not know of public service broadcasting. I was late to the party by a year, 
a year and a half, um, where my first album was Inform, Educate and Entertain. Which we'll get to in uh, in due course. Indeed so we will. Your gateway drug was a slightly later than James's, and mine was slightly later than yours's. So um, my gateway drug was Gagarin, which which again we all come to. But in 2012, I was probably living in Chester, working in a storage center, oh, and um, very exciting, very so yeah. exciting, selling um, empty space and empty boxes to empty lives <laughs> oh craig <laughs> my god i want to go back in time and give past you a big hug and say look it's gonna get better man god you really did need psb i did i did and i didn't i didn't find them at that point i was listening to six music as you but, should as i should but yeah psb wouldn't would not on my radar radar at this point i don't think they were on six music's radar especially at that point either yeah maybe not when i realized that they were going places when they played the six music festival in, I want to say, 2015 or 2016. They are now very much a Six Music core artist, I'm pleased to say. I bought this EP on vinyl. I think it was, on a personal note, it was the first record I think I ever bought on vinyl. I did own records prior to this point, but they were records that I'd inherited or been given or, you know, had found in Dad's collection and sort of quietly pinched. This was the first time I thought, right, I'm going to buy a brand new vinyl disc as a way of supporting the band. But why did you choose vinyl over CD? Was it on sale on CD as well? That's a very good question. I don't think it was. I'd have gone onto PSB's website and looked at their merch, and that was what would have been for sale. All I knew is that Spitfire had changed my life. To this day, I'd put it up there as probably my favourite song. And I'm not just saying that because we're on a PSB-flavoured podcast. Genuinely, Desert Island Disc, if you're only allowed to take a handful of records, you know, and that's all you can listen to for the rest of your life, Spitfire is up there. I love aeroplanes. I love engines. I love history. I love well-spoken voices from that time. Of course you do. Sorry, (laughs) but also not sorry. I have seen that they did release the CD, but I have never seen it on CD. Why would you own anything on CD these no, days? No, that's true. It's very true. I, for me, it's it's more about the size and the fact that, and I'm more interested in the the album cover, the LP cover, the fact that we've got this thing here and you can sort of hold it and it's quite a substantial thing. It would be the same if it was a little a CD. A plasticky little CD yeah. case. And when you think, well, yeah, a CD sounds better than vinyl. Of course it does. And it's more reliable. But then you might as well just stream Download, it yeah. or, or buy the EP on MP3 iTunes, which I did as well at the time. I think before we move any further, I think we should probably mention the dedication of um, the EP being in the memory of George Wilgoose. Which is why this is a, a, a fascinating EP to, to launch into. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a really strange choice but it goes, to go out with. It goes with everything that, that public PSB service is. broadcasting yeah, are right. doing. Totally right. The references, archive material that they have access to BFI, uh, BBC, like they set out with with this goal of creating this EP. And actually, they didn't care whether it was quite a hard listen. It was about educating and informing and entertaining. Like even before that, that next album, like this is what they were doing. And their next album, the first album, which was the IE, is more fun. It's, you know... Mm. 
And it doesn't really have an identity in the same way that this does. No, it doesn't. This is pure war. It's World War II. And it's not, it doesn't even scratch the surface on the full full story of World War II, but it's based on those public information films. If war should come, London can take it, and the first of the few, and dig for victory. Those were all short British government propaganda films from the 1940s uh, showing, you know, the effects of 18 hours of the German Blitz on London and its people. So I think BFI had the, uh, had all the, all the kind of archive material and films for that. Yeah. GPO film unit made it. And I started watching some of them because he, uh, Jay references uh, the films that he was uh, sampling in, in from the BFI. You can find them on YouTube and ones that are about, you know, how to survive in a nuclear attack and all that stuff. And it they're just fascinating to watch. And strangely, because I'm coming at them from, you know, uh, modern age they remind me of parodies that i've seen of that kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh but you know you you try and uh take yourself out of that and be like well actually when this was being broadcast this was pure this was real i mean i grew up on a lot of harry enfield's comedy yeah which uh, parodies it beautifully drink 10 pints of lager a day 40 cigarettes and absolutely no exercise i mean it's a charming time I'm guessing you all had grandparents who would have been alive in this time. My my grandmother was part of it. She was a wren. Women's Royal Naval Service. So when I listen to this whole album, I just think about her. Because she would have been in her late teens, early 20s when all this was happening. And that kind of explains why... I mean, her generation were called the lost generation, weren't they? And, you know, when I think about the end of her life, she lived to about 100, 101. And... She's with me every day because she taught me how to live life in a certain way. And that was that the adversities that we face in our lives today pale into insignificance when you look at the devastation on that EP cover and when you hear the music we're about to listen to. You can imagine being in your late teens, early 20s at the beginning of the blossoming of your life. And she was seconded to the coding unit that was sending messages to our Navy and our submarines. And she was a coder. So she would have ciphered and deciphered messages to and from the Navy. Very cool. And then she would have handed those messages to the telegraphers, which they referred to as the smelly tellies. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool. So this, to me, is an EP for her because it makes me think of her her life. Could you pass us the the EP? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I just found a little nugget, which I want to just check out. Chicken or... Original release of War Room came without a barcode and a slightly different sized insert sheet and was released in approximately 500 limited edition copies. And you know what I'm like for a sucker for a limited edition. So you want to check this? And then someone else has said, my copy has handwritten number and initials 142JW on the center label of side one, which makes me really excited. However, are you going to open and check? It's It's got a barcode. Oh. Oh. Which I knew it would because I, I buy most of my stuff from well, HMV. So so. I've not examined mine. I didn't buy mine from HMV. Mine's back in Manchester. Oh. Should have brought oh. it. You'd have thought that when we we're about to record a podcast about an EP, I'd have brought my mm. copy. No, Muggins here didn't have the good. Ooh. Well, there's all sorts inside of there. What's on the insert? Photos. I, I presume of George. Uh, an, an image of a letter addressed to Mrs. J. Wilgoose. He's an official Will Goose. Stop it. I feel like it's forbidden. What did you think it was? Me? Did you say John? 
No, I, I was saying Johnny about J.F. Abraham. Oh. J, to me, is, is just J. Like Homer J. Simpson. James. I think it's James. James is quite a posh name, isn't it? I just think he's J. J-A-Y. Oh, really? J-A-Y, yeah. That's how I see it. Here's, here's a radical idea. Shall we listen to it? Okay, track number one. If war should come. Well, even that intro of just that kind of building propeller sound. I mean, I don't know if this is... I know how you feel about Oasis, but oh, it makes me think of the Bring Me Here Now. I wouldn't know because I haven't given Oasis any time of my life. Me neither. Oh, just thank the you. The fact you could Jesus. even bring up that name. <laughs> oh. Well, with well, this as a backdrop. Will Goose was, was, he did a video interview where he was um, essentially speaking about uh, victory amps that he was kind of uh, oh, talking about. Working how he with, used, yeah, he's yeah, he's working he's with. He's got a guitar yeah. pedal or something. Yeah, and, and, and amps and, and has then uh, started using them. But he directly references Oasis as an, as an influence in the terms of the music that became so prominent when he was at that ripe age that, you know, you just, you take in music and you emote to it. So he, he mentions Oasis and I was like, oh, I know how Nathan feels about Oasis. I'm definitely going to bring this yeah, up. I, I just love fun. I just think it's just... I've learned to appreciate them with time, but someone that used to be a mobile DJ who's had to play Wonderwall way too many times, <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't just, go there. And the attitude and all the rest the of it. Attitude. But that's, that is also what made them But I was a Blur massive. fan. So it's not that I'm, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, anti-Britpop yeah. or anything. Yeah. I'm yeah. just on the wrong side. I just don't like... And that's okay. That's allowed. That is allowed. We're allowed to disagree here and we're allowed to not like stuff. Yes. Yeah, because we're not talking about them on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not talking about them on our podcast. Makes me feel really sad. No one in this country of ours wants war. If war should come, we shall not call a halt until the oppressor is beaten. That's powerful. And that's really strong British values, isn't it? It's core values of democracy, will... Standing up against fascism. To this day, that is still very relevant goosebumps i love the the slow build-up of this track psb do that really well the dynamic simple use of riffs but yeah it, yeah i've listened to this ep countless times the past two weeks and i'm still just a joy to listen to it's captivating mm. like you think about if you're genuinely being asked to just turn off all your lights through fear of being targeted yeah Imagine being told that you might not wake up tomorrow. Insane to live in that time. Yeah. And that's why we had the swinging 60s, because all those kids, you know, Jagger and mm. Riches, they grew up in London where it was very common to just, mm. just bombed out houses, sat all around. Can you imagine that today? And that's why there was a peace protest today. Of course. Which is in direct reflection of uh, the war uh, and, and the troubles in Gaza and mm. the wars. Mm. But like, I can't think about me being in that situation. No, I, no. I haven't got the capacity to be able to... You know, we thought lockdown was hard. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah, where well, we all just watch TV. This it's reminds that. me of... I'm getting massive attack. Yeah. You know, Angel. I, I got Mogwai from this. This kind of fast sort of jingly guitar. Yeah. That sort of really built anthemic. Yeah. 
And it's rock and it's proper rock. Yes. It's so much rock. And it's not soft rock, because no. I've heard PSB described as soft rock. No, this is... That's hard. Hard. Rock. Yeah. Yeah. It's grungy. It's... it's Yeah. And I've heard Jay talk on other podcasts about how he's quite reserved on the guitar. Like, he can play. If he wanted to, he could shred up and down that neck. He chooses not to. He's very reserved with mm. it. But that, he's ripping mm. into that thing. I have to tell you now, this country is at war. One of the most chilling statements ever broadcast. That's Chamberlain. Yeah. Because, you know, only the previous year, in September 38, he had got off a plane from Germany. And he said, I have this piece of paper signed by myself and the Führer. (laughs) This is serious. Guys, this is so serious. Can we just be serious, bro? Not when you're putting on a accent (laughs) like that. I have this Yeah, which basically was an agreement saying, you know, Anglo-German relations and for the benefit of Europe, it's going to be all good. Of course, it was just, it wasn't worth the paper it was written on. What happened between getting that piece of paper and that first bomb being dropped? Like what? I think the point is, is that when it comes to boots on the ground, hammers and nails, however you want to analogize it, uh, a piece of paper is just a piece of paper. Doesn't mean nothing. It's actions that actually matter, doesn't it? Right. That last that last um, sample, that Chamberlain quote, was cut short because uh, the original quote is, I have to tell you now, this country is at war with Germany. And they cut the with Germany off and may, and, and slightly altered the pitch so that it sounded like the the quote ended on this country is at war. And that came from Jay's wife listening to it and going, actually, maybe we should not have direct references to Germany. And so there isn't in this EP. There, there is no reference to German soldiers, Nazis. It's war. It's just, it's, yeah. it's war. This is not an anti-Germany mm, record, is no, it? No. It's, it's a statement of history. It's, oh, interesting. And we're I, censoring out that kind of the pointing of the finger of blame. Yeah. And and because it's, you know, uh, there's fingers of blame all over the place, isn't there? So, like, actually, it was never intended to be a, as much as it's a British British voice, it's not necessarily a British perspective. It's it's a kind of a, a global look at what happened. But it also doesn't add a date to it either. No. All of the references can be something that you may hear today. Yeah. It just feels ever more pertinent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Considering everything that's happening on going on in the world. It's all very well all of us sitting here saying, Oh, I just can't imagine this happening now. But it is. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, for yeah, you're people right, totally. tens of millions of people around the world, mm-hmm. this this kind of thing is still a reality. Yeah. Should we move on to track two? London can take it. Makes for equally cheerful listening. Now it's eight o'clock. Jerry is a little bit late tonight. American voice. I, now, that took me by surprise a few weeks ago because I just hear the PSB samples with that British BBC voice. And then I, I've heard this song multiple times. And then suddenly I was just like, this is an American accent. What's that doing here on, on London Can Take It? But I've, I found that fascinating that I only really recently heard that. Because there were a lot of American films that were similar to the kind of BBC GPO mm 
kind of public service information, which uh, they were kind of doing sort of how to handle yourself when you're deployed in Britain. You know, mm. say yes to a cup of tea. Don't chew gum in pubs. That kind of thing. It's such like a fight song, isn't it? I feel like at this moment I need to crack open the London pride that is staring at me. Get in there, son. We're going to need a drink to get through this. We're reliving the beginning of the war. So as a lover of the band and as a music lover, at this point, I feel like it loses its way a little bit. I'm not going to shy away from no, being, no, 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 no. being critical. Yeah, I think yeah. let's just being just honest with our opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With this, I just feel like it's, it's sad. It's sorrowful. It's not really going anywhere. Having said that, there are beautiful use of the machine gun sound effects as like a percussive way of transitioning into the next bit. But it could have happened eight bars sooner, four bars sooner. I love that ending there. Sooner or later, the dawn will come. It is great. It's just so sobering because I, I get so affected. But I feel like a kid living in a London terraced house and they're saying, look, when you hear that siren, go and hide under the table. I'm not a very empathetic person so so for me it's very much like it's, it's gearing me up it's kind of like you know this is london's fight call this is london's response to, we can take it it's like you you're picking on the wrong the wrong city yeah it's like uh chumbawamba's tub thumping <laughs> isn't it it's ps it's psb's version of i'd get knocked down but i get up again <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> edit, 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 edit. <laughs> well, we've lost, we've, we've lost him. I think James has just collapsed. Yeah, dead. Um, just in time for your favourite track as well. Yeah. What I love is that it's sandwiched right in the middle because obviously it's a five-track EP. So track number three, it's got two either side. So I love the fact that it's dead center. I get that. It's like the meat in between the two bits of bread. But I have. I have alternative sandwich collab, um, you know, systems. You're a weird sandwich guy, aren't you? Uh, I like a good sandwich. But you um, like a non-symmetrical sandwich by the sounds of it. By the sounds of it, in this case, yes. It's just unnecessary. We'll get to it at the end. Can I play it? Yes, get it on. Goosebumps. I'm probably going to cry at some uh, point during this. It's uplifting. It's happy. It's perspective. But, but, but that's Jay's storytelling, not only through the, the songs, but also the, the track listing. Also, it's, notice how that effect on the guitar, it's like the warbling sound of the air through the blades. Yeah, that's cool. A, so the sample's taken from the film The First of the Few, which was a 1942 biographical film about R.J. Mitchell, the designer of the famous Supermarine Spitfire fighter. Being a, a boy from Rill, I'll go to the uh, Rill Air Show oh, in yes. the summer. I always think about this song. It's, it's a theme tune, isn't it? The other thing that's notable about this record is that the samples aren't just kind of plonked on top. They're used actually in place of what would have been a vocal, which is a different way of looking at it. Yeah. I think, I think that's uh, with every track that is a, by PSB it's used as an alternative to to uh, to lyrics to songwriting but sometimes they're rhythmical yeah and go they're more yeah. yeah 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 percussive and on, so, onomatopoeic and sometimes in what's for george it's it's 
purely narrative. Mm, yes. yes. Yeah. True. And I love that they mix all those things together. You said bandits approaching. Bandits. Bandits approaching. That is the voice of the actor Cyril Raymond. I'm genuinely tingling all over. So good. You you said uh, who doesn't love aeroplanes, and it just made me think of a completely unrelated memory of went on holiday with uh, a one and a bit year old, and was completely like, oh man, this is gonna be hard. Uh, everyone's gonna hate us, and everyone's gonna hate us. And we sat her on the plane, and she was looking out the window before the plane even started moving anywhere on the runway. She was like, this is the best thing ever. This is amazing. Look where we are. She was so excited. Wow. And I was just, I looked at her and I was like, you haven't seen nothing yet, kid. <laughs> you wait till we take off and your little mind is going to be blown. I love it. To be a six-year-old again, staring out of the window as you leave the ground. Ah. I still love it. I still feel like a six-year-old. I'm always glued to the window. It does terrify me when uh, when they put you next to the like emergency exit door. I've always refused to sit in that one because I, I just think, what's stopping that from? That's a weak point, surely. I'm a yes man, so I'll just be like, yes, yes, Sid, I'll do whatever you want me people to do. People pleaser. I am a people pleaser, so I, I'll just sit there and and you know I'll I'll take it just like London. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll take that, I'll take that extra leg room as well. <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait! Are we are we done talking about Spitfire? feel like we've even scratched the surface. No, we haven't. When I first had that record, I instantly recognised Cyril Raymond's voice. He's the, hello, Hunter Leader, Hunter Leader. But, and it's, it's from the film. So he's an actor. He played the part of Fred in Brief Encounter. I haven't seen Brief Encounter. He, he plays the sort of gazumped husband when she goes on the love affair with the doctor who then has to tragically leave forever and she's kind of left heartbroken she comes back to her husband and whatever your dream was it wasn't a very happy one was it is there anything i can do to help yes fred you always help you've been a long way away thank you for coming coming back back to me and so when i heard hello hunter leader hunter leader i thought it's him I'm going to get some um, bog roll because the London Pride's doing some really weird, foamy slush action. Aphantasia wins again. The lack of being able to picture things is tell my about, superpower. Tell us about that, Nathan. I just have the lack of imagination. An aphantastic is the correct term. What's an aphantasia? Aphantasia, it's the inability to picture things in one's mind's eye. Okay, so like visual images kind of on the cortex. So I see what you mean. So if you're remembering a film. I can't picture it. You can't picture, even though, say, it's a film you've watched a thousand times. You exactly. Or sort of visualise a <coughs> face. Or if my kids go missing and I have to draw a picture of them to put on the side of a milk carton, I wouldn't be able to do that. Gosh. Which, from, from a music point of view, you point of view i find fascinating it's really interesting because I, I i do remember you talking about this before on on the zoom call that we had and and halfway through when the spitfires fly over so as soon as that i hear that i'm visualizing black and white spitfires flying over which mm. i can't isn't happening for you so although i'll agree out of common courtesy i had no idea what you're talking about <laughs> so what so your relationship with music then what the things that pull you to it are completely different 
which is great because this is this is why we're all it's here. Really bizarre because I, you know, I I didn't even know I had it. I didn't even know it was a thing until I was driving to work one day and it was a Radio Four documentary, and I went home and discussed it with my wife, and she just laughed at me and thought I was being silly. They had a couple of people on, and I was and I I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. And then I figured out that everyone else could. I'm really genuinely excited about this podcast because we're all going to have such different feelings about this music. Like you were talking about this, this, uh, this EP being like sad. It makes you feel and think about what they went through. Just and look at stuff. what happened to Holland it, House. An, that is a grade one listed building. It's crazy. In ruins. But you will come from it from a completely different perspective. And I love it. And, and think about the albums that are to come. Audio is all about like, forget the eyes, forget what we can see. We're creating images in the brain with telling stories and forcing people to create their own cinematic version of what's going on inside their own head. But that's not happening for you. It's blown my mind because it's, I, I can't imagine what it's like. And yet you are a sound engineer. You're a music lover. You are a, an audio person as well. And I can't explain it. And, and I think the closest I've ever got to being able to picture something is through public service broadcast. If someone asks me to picture a house, the best way I can describe it is it's, it's black. And then, you know, when you have a sparkler, shapes with the sparkler, it follows itself around. But the picture, it always feels like it's kind of a trace. A trace of it. So on Spitfire, I, I, was, I was listening to podcasts because that's what I do. And Joe was uh, chatting about um, making this EP and essentially someone telling him to make a single. And that's what Spitfire was. And what a single. What a single. It's basically the radio-friendly hook that will get people it's the rest of the EP. It's the gateway drug that yeah. James yeah. brought up. There was a ripple of excitement through the room when they finally played Spitfire because I hadn't had enough time to fully digest Every Valley at that point. I hadn't fallen in love with it in the same way when it came on. I mean, the room just... It's a strange thing for a band, and I'm I'm no musician. I, I can't put myself in into that mindset but like you have a hit single and you essentially become a bit of autopilot when when you're gigging so for so long you know churning out those hit records every time and it must be a really strange sensation to be like well this is a hit single we've got to play it but do you need to separate yourself from that and just be like i'm so proud because of what this has become. It's no longer ours, it's the crowds. I've heard bands talk about it in that way. It becomes its own monster, and essentially you have to Stockholm yourself into a situation where I love this song because this song did so much for us. And yes, it is a piece of you, and everyone's there because of it. So love it or hate it, you know, it's there to stay. But eventually they will stop performing it live. I can't imagine a world... I can't. ...where that becomes... Really? Yeah. yeah. There'll be a point where there's so much good material out there that they have to bin off the older stuff. I mean, Spitfire is great, but Spitfire certainly isn't my UPSB. Mm, well, we'll get to what you go to might be. But I, I, if I was in a band, I would, I would, con- I would take like the big songs. Oh my god! Don't mind me. There are as you were carrying. <laughs> there are lumps coming out of that Thundering bottle of London Pride. <laughs> Thundering chunks of London Pride. Ice cubes. I'm proud. Bracer. <laughs> It's, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad song. No, far from it. But you just... 
but it's my top. It's probably my top five, not my top three. Ooh. Yeah, and we should definitely do that. And right. I'm not saying for a second that great songs haven't come since, because boy, why would we be bothering with a podcast series right, if there totally, wasn't great totally. stuff to come in the future? And yeah, hell, you know, we've all got a top five. With Spitfire, his his wife told him when he when he played it to her that that sounds like a hit record, and 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 it is. But part of me also goes in 2012. What hit record? did this sound like because to me it it still doesn't sound like anything else i don't else think psb do truly sound like any of the bands but it's just a case of hearing it and going yeah that's that's great it's accessible it's a gateway drug and you could hear it and know it was psb yeah i played it to so many people who've never heard of public service broadcasting and they've gone what the hell is that we're now talking in 2023, which is 11 years. 24. My God. So that is... James, you're still last year. 12 years after yeah. release, because 2012, 24. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You know, a lot has happened in the world since this drop, but I don't know about you. At the time, I'd never heard anything like it. No. no. You know, sampling's nothing new. People have been making songs with samples but since the like 80s. not like this, though. No. It was all DJ stuff back then. And I only found PSB because I was introduced to it by a friend of mine. I took uh, Charlie Chaplin's speech, which is very much from the same era, Charlie Chaplin's speech from The Dictator. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry, I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I'd like to help everyone if possible. And I took that and I spliced it on top of Dead Mouse's strobe. Huh. I just stuck the two together. I took two pieces of amazing art and stuck them together and turned them into a super art. <laughs> Modest. Super James art. Brown, super artist. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you. I also messed about Not in the worthy. genre. So when I was in uni, well, actually, the year after I'd graduated and I was still living with my student mates, so it was 2006 maybe, uh, I started getting, you know, apps that, you know, could help me chop up music and stuff. And I, I took some dialogue skit moments from Tenacious D's album. So like them at the drive through and things like that and put that to a beat. I also chopped up the Richard Burton uh, intro in War of the Worlds, Jeff Wayne's oh, album. No one would have dreamed. No one would have dreamed <laughs> in, in the past years of the 19th century that human, human affairs were being watched from the timeless worlds of space. You guys are nerds, man. <laughs> oh, that just gave me tingles. Should I just leave yet, now? Across, across the, the Gulf, Gulf of Space. Oh. Minds immeasurably superior to ours regarded this earth with envious eyes. And slowly and surely they drew their plans against us. I am not worthy of being in this room of just... So I, I, I made, a, I made a, a, a remix of that and I was like, well, this needs to be everywhere. <laughs> and, then, and then my laptop died and I lost everything, which was obviously heartbreaking. But one of my happiest memories of Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds is that we used to play computer games and when the dun, 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 we just used to sing the loudest voices, eat bacon to that tune. Eat bacon! <laughs> and uh, I don't know why, we were just idiot teenagers. I hate teenagers. Are we ready for the next record? Dig. I dig it. Have you joined the ranks of this great new army? Young men are doing it. Young women. Still has a groove on it. Mm. They all do. From the title, I always assumed it was about digging trenches, but no, they're talking about allotments, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I used to work at a, th- a company called Pentabus, and there was a moment 
in a play called This Land that was that was kind of it had different eras across the play, and one of the moments was kind of dig for victory. So I understand that kind of like actually the propaganda, the the sort of encouragement across the nation to dig, grow, grow your own stuff, essentially, yeah. But yeah. it's nice. It's it's a nice spin on it. Such a nice spin on it because you normally dig, like you said, you you just think of trenches. dig a hole, yeah, dig a trench, the most common thing that you do, in war. or a grave, One of the most common things you do in war. But that's what the British public were asked to do, who weren't out there fighting. But they were still contributing to, to the war. To dig for victory. Yeah. yeah. Because all, all the Allied ships were being sunk yeah. by the U-boats in the channel. So it was like, look, grow your own food or starve. It's a great yeah. bit of propaganda. Yeah. And you could easily leave that out of this war EP. But actually, it was such a vital part yeah. of World War II. I love that phrase of the guitar, that little quiet little thing in the corner, just... Just fills it, just fills that space. And there's almost like a Mellotron. Mm. It's not a Mellotron, but it sounds that sort of woo, yeah. whatever that is. Oof. That, now that felt a little Jeff Wayne, right? Yes. That, it, totally. I've never heard that before. I haven't either. <laughs> and this is great because we will hear things that we haven't heard before. And you get that from these records. Shall we head straight into Waltz? Yes. Here we go then. Oh, I love it though. I love it as well. Mm. So this is the banjo you What was it? The banjolele. Banjolele. Which is like ukulele, but but banjo. Banjo. Hmm? It's more plinky. Yeah. I know we've given Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds album a lot of airtime. When I was originally listening to this, I was like, it reminds me of that. And and that is what I listened to a lot as a kid. It's that... It's the red m- weed. It's the red weed. This is the red weed. Yes. Is there a reference to a ukulele then? Yes. Oh, yes. We, yeah, we can, can we go back? We, we can skip back. Yeah, totally. I watched one man with eyes heavy with sleep limped along with painful feet because his boots had been off for five days. And at his back, a ukulele dangled from his head God, imagine if that was referring to his great uncle. So that's his great uncle who died in the Battle of Dunkirk. And the EP is dedicated to his memory. I think it's... And, and kind of slightly going off... Um, he was young. I, I don't know how old. 1914 was. to 1940. Yeah. So what's that? Who's good at maths? I wanted to say 26. Six? Yeah. He's, he's, so that's an, that's an impactful... He's one of the many young, 20 to however old, I mean, even younger than 20, uh, soldiers who were deployed during World War II and lost their lives. There were basically no men left at the end of World War II. It was like... And this is J. Will Goose, Esquire, as an artist taking inspiration from uh, the archives of BFI and BBC and, and all that propaganda uh, film and audio and relating to it within his family. When Jay did the playthrough of this on the banjolele, he he spoke about, you know, this, because it's a, a smaller banjo, essentially, he He'd spoke about how soldiers would take a ukulele out because it was nice, it's light, convenient. portable, small. Mm. 
But that would be the camaraderie. Yeah. Is it my headphones or is it sample is heavy on the left hand side? It's left. Well, yeah. my, in mine, it's left, but I'm not sure if I'm wearing them the right way around. It's heavy on the left side yeah. more than the right side. It's, it's, it's heavy on, yeah. the, He's over there. on the banjo on the right hand side. Yeah. Good observation. And it completely summarizes that feeling, much like you were saying, Craig, about the red weed. It's that point in the war when everyone's just completely knackered and used up. And I'm not sure if victory has been achieved at this point. It's a very sombre song. We're fed up of war. Yeah. I see it as a, a document from the trenches in that quiet time where nothing's happening. But, but yeah, they feel broken and knackered. It's funny how there's nothing here that kind of sees the end of it. Like the happy reprieve. The sample saying, hey, I have to tell you now, this country is no longer at war. I love albums that have a gentle closer. Like a perfect cadence. Ooh, what's that? Ooh, mm. a cadence is like an ending, isn't it? So a plagal cadence is like a negative ending that leaves the ear feeling like there should be more. Whereas a perfect cadence is like an amen, i.e. it resolves itself. Beautiful. Was that, was that, was that right? That was more or less, yeah. Gorgeous. Thanks. Uh, I feel like bringing up Coldplay after that might not be the greatest thing to do. Get out. But... Right. Swear so, jar. No, Swear no, no. Jar. Okay, so there's, there's, there's two albums. Oh, there's God. obviously Coldplay's Parachutes. Oh, <laughs> These guys are... Was it all yellow? Human. <laughs> Skip it. That was on Parachutes, but oh. skipping over that. But they end, they end with this beautiful track and then A Rush of Blood to the Head ends with Amsterdam. Absolutely phenomenal. You guys do not care. But, I, but my point is, I really like that. And I like that this offers a different energy. However, I want there to be something after it. No, it. I think this is the perfect end to this EP. The, the soldiers came back and most of them were left destitute and homeless on the streets. But I don't think of the ending of the EP being in relation to the ending of the war, I think of it as in the sound, that, that knocking sound, I feel is him finishing the song, putting his banjolele down and then walking away, leaving the mic open as if to say, that's it. I also love, I've been a firm believer in a law of show business, which is leave them wanting more. Because mm. I don't know about you, I reached the end of this point and I thought, well, Bit of an unsatisfactory cadence, but I want to see what these guys are going to do next. So I went out and, you know, as soon as the next, the next exactly. album dropped, I, you know, yeah. take my money. I, th I think it's great. I think it's really, I think it's a really intelligent way of ending. Yeah, it's not like crowd pleasing in an obvious way. But it's nice. It's subtle. It's, it's, it's a tribute. It is a tribute. You're right. Totally. Now, I would be like, you grab Spitfire. You take it from track three. You slap it right on the end there. No, that's but, not the storytelling though. But then you you work for Spitfire. So you start the the EP at track one. You put in the effort, like you you go through the journey. You're saying that it climaxes at Spitfire, and I then would, it's and you you finish it on Spitfire. Oh man, I would do it. I'd I'd take it from track three, slap no, it at track. No, track it's not five. storytelling. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you don't need to apologize. I think it's it, it's not that it's not story storytelling. It's just it's not Hollywood. Was that a reference? Though? No, 
That was me. People keep saying this to me. Oh, where have you quaffed that from? <laughs> no, I'm just quaff. talking, man. Quaff. There's a quote from London Can Take It that says, these are not Hollywood sound effects. I'm just sure this is not Hollywood. I was like, I wonder if it was a, a slight reference there. I mean, I'm like a parrot when it comes to <laughs> repeating things. I'm trying to find uh, an audio snippet that I put in the group chat, and it was a piece of music that I used to sign off on Calon FM for the very last time. So Spitfire was my, was my theme, and I opened every show with that. Uh, but it is it was the way of signing off and it was a way of saying goodbye and i think what we're trying that we're we're on the fence here between kind of waltz for george the perfect way to end and we're kind of saying it needs that last piece of bread yeah i think it's the dynamics of the album i think if if it was in any other order it would have been quite monotonous and flat in terms of dynamic until you got to this end whilst it kind of feels very dynamic it's got the it's the, the journey like trust. Yeah. yeah there's this other thing as well about uh if War Should Come, the opening track, on the remix album, there's that moment at the end when uh, Chamberlain does I Have to Tell You Now This Country Is At War. And on, on the War Room EP, it ends there, that track. And on the remix album, you then suddenly get a kick. And I love that remix for that. And I feel the same about the War Room EP. I feel that after what's for George, you, I, I want a kick. But it's interesting because the track listing, Spitfire is the first track on side B. Ooh. So, so uh, it opens up that, that first side B track is massive. A side, you've got If War Should Come and London Could Take It. And B side, you've got Spitfire, Dig for Victory, What's for George. Yeah. So I think that's also part of the placement of, of Spitfire in the track listing. Spot on. Think about it in LP terms. They weren't showmen at this stage, were they? Like, had they even really gigged in 2012? Like, they would have done small things and stuff, I've seen but... I've seen some old stuff, which is a really small stage, the two of them on, and some TVs and, and some rugs. You know, which is already the start of the brand, isn't it? So it's always been there, I feel. I mean, they'd they'd already done a Race for Space tour by the time I saw them. And that was a big piece. It's almost gimmicky, isn't it? The whole spaceman dancing on stage kind of thing. But I think it's, I think it's, and and also the horn section also having their bit of a jig. But they bring so much to the live show. But that's what I love. You know, if they didn't bring in a bit of goof, the whole thing would be so frightfully serious. Yes. And this is a serious oh, yeah, piece absolutely. of work yeah. here. Yeah. The War Room EP. The fact that they're able to turn around and kind of, uh, not laugh at themselves a bit, but kind of add in a, an element of out-of-the-box absurdity. Mm-hmm. That's what takes them from being a good band to being a brilliant yes. outfit, yeah. in my view, because it's a multi-layered thing. And... They do it so well and so consistently. Every show will be the same. If they were a bunch of history teachers in tweed jackets, we'd have probably all gotten a bit bored and shuffled off. We'd be talking about Coldplay or Oasis or something. Mm. How very dare we. <laughs> um, and, and the early days of, those, of the gigging as well and, and doing the uh, engagement with the audience via... Oh, yeah, by, via the samples. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, that, the yeah, Brixton yeah. album. The, yeah. Yes. Well, all of that is done kind of in 
parody to how bands engage with audiences. Yeah. So they are sort of laughing at themselves, sort of having that jibe to be like, the yeah, we're a band. always been there underlying, hello, Bangor. Yeah. And, and because the auto-tune can't say the, the word Bangor properly, it's... Yeah. And it, there's always that humor in it because they're setting they're setting up that kind of band engagement, talking to the audience thing and saying, actually, we can take the piss a little bit. Um, they do that less now because actually that only had a certain amount of lifespan before it became samey. Yeah. Right, totally. But I like, totally forgot about that. Early days, like that was them just having a bit of fun with it. And they used the they did use the sample to keep the chatter down. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah, of course they did. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep the chatter down in this yeah. room. Do you remember at the time thinking, so what n- next? Because this is the view I have. It's impossible now because we're what, however many albums deep. You're trying to remember that time where it was kind of, where the hell do you go from here? Well, you came in at this time. I, I didn't until... No, I, I didn't until the following year. So it was only you that had to have that whilst I had the full album. And then I heard that they were doing something about space and I was like... Yeah, 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 Brilliant. yeah, for sure. I found a piece of audio. Now, they made this, and I don't know which remix album it came from. I'm going to have to go deep into my archives to work out where I found this, but just have a listen. Can't see us spit in the air without getting a kick out of it. A bird that breathes fire and spits out death and destruction. A spitfire bird. See how they wheel and bank and glide? Perfect. And all in one. Wings, body, tail, all in one. A Spitfire bird. Was uh, was that your own piano composition? No, not at all. That, that So I don't know where that comes from, but that is a PSB thing. It was like a Spitfire lament. So potentially it might we might find it on the remixes. I, I need to go and listen to that. I think at this point, I was so immersed in what they were doing. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a homage to PSB, isn't it? It's like yeah, it's the final word. Yeah, the final word. I'm just on a your groveling sycophant at the end yeah, of the yeah. day. I'm yeah. not even joking when I say that. Like mm. genuinely, we all are. Which you know, in future episodes coming up, we we can talk about the times, the interactions that we've had with the band. I talk about the time that I've met Jay. Moments like that, yeah. But it's hard keeping you cool in situations oh, like God. this because you know, yeah, it was, it, I was terrible. <laughs> that first time, I was a bumbling wreck. Yeah. And I've met some famouses in my time. But it's not even that, is it? It's what's in your head. It's what you perceive It's as... what they mean to you. Yeah, exactly. So, coming up, next episode. Inform, educate, entertain. Do that one next. Mm-hmm. We can then move on to Race to Space and go through like and uh, White Line uh, and all that stuff. But then come back to remixes later. Yeah. But... Um... Oh, what are you going to work out now? Well, so ahead of doing Inform, Educate, Entertain, I feel like you should just have that, which is... It's still in its plastic wrap, because it it's is. brand new gift to you, James Brown. I'm joking. What? Well, it's because I sort of came about it in... Well, it's, um, a, it's, a, it's a group effort, then. Shall we say it's a group effort? Why would you do that? It's, it's entirely a group effort. That's insane. It's the red, it's limited edition red one. Yeah. Which is a HMV love vinyl... Um, limited edition exclusive vinyl oh my god guys I don't know what to say this, so, is, this is beautiful over there I've put my version of this which we we got signed when I went to Spillers to meet them 
So you can have a op- look at the open version without having to worry about opening yours if you want to. Yeah, but like, uh, I... <laughs> is he crying? No, no, no. no. Fine. This is just me feeling guilty for, for what I did to you. Oh yeah, totally. No, 100%. But, uh, but this, is, this is okay. I can, I can handle this. Okay, good. So uh, Nathan, on, on HMV's special limited release of, of that uh, red LP of Inform HK Entertain, um, they were they were releasing it, and Nathan was like, "Well, I'm going to go to HMV in Chester and go and, and go and get some." Which I queued up at from five o'clock in the morning. Sorry, yeah. is HMV still open? Yeah, I thought it was a relic from the past that died out before the pandemic. They, no, it's saved. They closed a couple of stores and moved a couple, sacked a few members of staff, and they reopened. And they've got a. They are too big to be able to take part in Record Store Day. So they've created their own, which they call Love Vinyl Week. Wow. Which is their own... The, the Muck Vinyl Week. Yes, <laughs> exactly that. The Muck Vinyl Week. And, and they, they release a load of limited edition stuff. So Nathan got up at silly o'clock in the morning to go and get it. And I was like, yeah, Nate, I'm not going to do that. So if you happen to get couple of copies that would be great although it is limited to one per customer usually. it is technically and there, i think there is on the version that i've got it, there's a sticker that says limited for one per customer anyway nathan uh you know did his charming to the hmv staff um however you you managed to pick up two copies but there I, was i asked for permission yeah and the manager was just like meh do whatever you want so i do did. what you want what you want with my body however <laughs> As soon as I paid for that second record, a PSB fan appeared out of nowhere. In a t-shirt. In a t-shirt. Really? Go, it was a go like, t-shirt. Wasn't what are you doing? Why has he got two? Yeah. He yeah. looked at me and he's like, oh, can I have that copy? And I said, I'm sorry, mate. I've just paid for it. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to a friend. No, it's mine. And at that point, so this was a copy for Nathan and a copy for me. <sighs> But I didn't know whether Nathan was going to be successful in this venture because I was too lazy to get out of bed. So I was like, oh, they are also going to release it online. I'll just order one to make sure that I get it because I really wanted it. So I ordered it online. And then Nathan delivered the goods to me, which you can see over there. And then we went on our PSB pilgrimage and I got it signed. But I always had this one that arrived to me by post. And I have felt so guilty about not being able to give it to that the PSB fan and I've searched high and low for that man across <laughs> across all the popular social media channels putting out posts in in the informers group on Facebook he's been like does anyone Instagram, know this person I messaged I messaged the HMV Chester um store saying look has anyone come in asking for the really? PSB album because I would like to apologize and give him something well well th- and and this is where I'm like and now I didn't know what to do with it because I was like, oh, I've bought this thing online that I feel like I shouldn't have bought because actually Nathan delivered the goods because yeah, obviously <laughs> he's reliable. So it's new because it, it's got the order date of it's uh, brand new. Uh, yeah. June 23. Yeah. yeah. But then I was like, now I feel like, well, if we're going to do Inform Educate Entertain next. We all need a copy. You you got to listen via Red Vinyl. It's And it's the one record, I think, out of all of them that I don't own so when we met you said that and i was like okay well that's what's going to happen with mine i feel like i'm writing something obviously not to that poor fan who will never be identified well at least you're not like selling it on ebay no, or you that's know, something it like that. the alternative at least it's is going to a psb fan exactly guys i don't know what to say genuinely genuinely that is a thing of beauty that and it you know I, 
seems sacrilegious to break the seal on the cellophane wrap. It's a I, thing of beauty, and I just want to keep it as sacrosanct. Which is fine. However, on the vinyl nerd community, it is recommended that you do open it to stop the shrink wrap shrinking any further and damaging the corners of your More than record. happy to do that, because I want to pull nice. it out and, fi- and That's smell my, it. That's my You want to pull service. it out and smell it? Yes. And yeah. I'll smell oh, it. smell. Is big... Oh, yeah. My God, yeah. Great smell. smell vision I'm sorry. This is just my smutty mind. Oh, God, stop. Can Don't you just take your mind out of the gutter for one <laughs> second. Shall we all just take a second to sniff a well, record? Look, uh, uh, here's just an idea. No idea is a bad idea. But should do you want me to break the seal on on podcast? And this can be the tease. Wow! For episode two. Really good great. show. Yeah. Great. Yes. Yeah. Love it. And it's a bit of ASMR. All happy. Yeah. All, all in agreement. Shh, okay. Shh. No, no. Right. Right. So we've got a wine opener thing here. Very gently. Because, uh, no, I've got, uh, by the way, I've got the Brixton, Live at Brixton album, and it's still in the cellophane wrapper. Open it. Because I didn't want to ruin it. Also, there's the DVD in there as well. <laughs> what, in here? No, there's the DVD in the Brixton Academy. You're joking. <laughs> I mean, I've had a PSB DVD all this time. It's the, yes. I, I just, borrowed it to I you. I couldn't face breaking the cellophane. Yeah. It's very gently. Because it would be nice to have a smell. Smell is a big part of vinyl. Just smell it, man. Just show up and smell it. Pull it out and sniff it. Bit of cellophane ASMR. Oh, it does sound good, to be fair. There's. Uh, did you even open it, though? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, shout out to Thorn Records in Glasgow. They will de-cellophane your vinyl for you at the till and recycle the plastic in a sustainable way. Because actually, yeah, in this world that we live in now, a big problem. This is a you know a landfill a crisis, problem. but yeah, plastic yeah. Mm, cellophane yeah. wrap. It's a horrible thing. Yeah. So I've been taking my sweet time. It's, oh, look at that! Fabulous. There's Jay on the inside cover. Yeah. Bunch of sweaty fans. Give it a sniff, then. And there's all oh, right. Okay, here we go. Many just getting cardboard and plastic, but yeah. it's it's a good. Don't, don't spoil the magic. It's a good smell. It's such a great album. I can't wait. I mean, they're all big hitters on that album, aren't they? Inform Educated Detain is just, it just does that. It's, it's just great. It's going to be a good episode. There's banger little... after banger after banger. Lots to talk about. See how much we've spoken about. <laughs> just about a yeah. five track EP. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> totally right. I mean, how long have you got? Personally, I've really enjoyed this. I mean, yeah, you know, there's been... not enough hours in the day. No, it's been great. Next time we need to start earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe not have a two pints before we start. I don't know about that. <laughs> on the contrary. <laughs> no, it's been it's been uh, lovely, guys. So thanks very much for your time. <laughs> what a lovely way to end. Public service podcasting was brought to you by Craig Ward, Nathan Stewart, and James Brown. You can contact the show with your thoughts, comments, and shout-outs by emailing publicservicepodcasting at gmail.com. You can also find us on the socials at PS Podcasting on X and Public Service Podcasting on Insta. So make sure you hit subscribe in your favourite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. And visit our website, publicservicepodcasting.co.uk. See you next time. Public Service Podcasting. Podcasting.